Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, we're doing a series on transforming leadership or leadership as a whole. In last session, we were talking about the transforming leadership principles. Today, really, we're going to talk about you and me as far as that, what is it that we bring to the table? There was a study done, and Dr. Ray Williams had verified, what is one of the number one skills required to be an effective or successful leader? And that skill was self-mastery. You know what? One of the things or statements we make, I make in our CRG three-day certification on our tools and resources is that our ability to serve and lead others is equal to or less than our own development. So if we aren't developed ourselves, if we haven't developed the skills internally for ourselves, then how is it that we're going to be able to serve others? Our own development is the number one reason as far as the hindrance to be able to kind of go to the next level. So today in the show, what we're going to do, what I'm going to do is to take you through the 12 skills that we believe are important. I'm sure that there are others that you would say would fit. But these are core ones we believe are foundational. So when we think about our leadership skills inventory self, which is based on the Transforming Leadership book. So this is a self-assessment. There's also an LSI 360 where you can get feedback from others. We believe that each of the five sections build on one another. In the first section of skills is about you. And then even the skills within the section build on one another like Lego blocks. So they're foundational. So let me just take you through, you know, hopefully this podcast will be short and informative and then you can kind of look at these or listen to these again and again or, you know, go online, take the assessment or get the Transforming Leadership book or whatever. Uh, and then as I mentioned in last show is Dr. Anderson and Dr. Mitch Davidi has created an entire online training program for law enforcement, you know, based around this information. So let's just go through some of these as far as the 12 skills that we have down. Number one is around grounding, and number two is centering. And these two are sort of interrelated, though they are different. Is Grounding is control my attention to focus on the present. Now, and I'm not trying to be sexist or crazy, but if any of you are married... Have you ever had your partner say, hey, Ken, Ken, uh, pay attention to me. No, 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 I'm here, I'm here. And you are watching TV or on your phone or doing something else. It's can I actually be here now? There was a book that was even written about that. And so, uh, you know, we talk about there, there's a work that was done even at the University of British Columbia with grade 9 students and teaching them mindfulness. Well, mindfulness is simply a way of saying, can I actually be here now? And being centered is, can I actually be aware of self in the context? In other words, am I aware of what my feelings are right now? Am I conscious of where my thoughts are going? So being grounded is, is actually, can I pay attention and be here? 
a lot of us who are in a leadership position, and myself, I'm going to, you know, self-admission here, is that we haven't even finished the directions with one individual. We are quickly moving into another before we complete the directions or the instructions or the interaction with somebody else. And so we become fragmented. And because of our ADHD society and constant interruptions and distractions, the, the skill, the requirement to be focused is more important than it's ever been. So, you know, if you were to rate yourself on how grounded and centered you are at any given moment of time, what would you give yourself? So if I have a leader who is not grounded and not centered, then, then it's not going to be very effective. Number three on our self-management list or self-mastery skills is belief clarification. And so do you know what you believe, and then do you live them out consistently? Consistently, you know, as we uh, mentioned last show, if you ever work for an individual that is the plan of the day, plan of the week, and you really have no idea what they stand for, is that you know what? Even if they're miserable, I'd like them to be consistently miserable in a specific way. You know, one week you want this, the next week you want that. It's completely polarized. It's opposite. It's not consistent, and so inconsistency really brings and breeds. Uh, sort of a disruption with other individuals. So do you know what you believe? Are you clear about that? I'm not here to judge what that is, though I have a bias around certain belief systems that are most valuable. But in the end, do, we, do you know what you believe and do you consistently live it out? So then what comes out of that is your purpose. So, you know, I've written the book, The Quest for Purpose. That is an entire, you know, four-part podcast. You can go back and listen to The Quest for Purpose and really purpose specification or purpose clarity, you know, why are you here, what is your calling, what's your assignment, uh, that is different than what you believe. What you believe is at the core of the foundation of, of how you conduct yourself in the, the constructs of life and what's important to you. Purpose is where I'm living that out, the passions that come out, the the assignment that you have, the gifts and talents that I said, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to do this. You know, I know that one of my purposes is really to help others to live, lead, and work on purpose, to help others to realize their potential. That is one of my purposes. The next one that we have, so item number five is values identification. Now, I did an entire show on how to clarify your values, and can we make values-based decisions. Now, values are different than beliefs, though some people might cross them over and say that your know, value is what do I inherently value? And then if I'm clear about those values, then do you have a plan? Do you intentionally live them out? Now, you've had these individuals where you say, you know what, my family's important to me and then they never spend any time with them. My health is important to me, but they never work out and they uh, eat unhealthily, if I can create a word, uh, every day. So then there's a lack of congruence, and so you can see that. So what's coming out of your mouth is this one thing. Your behavior is another. That's not good for you. It's not good for others. So what is it that you value? If I'm a company, do I value customer service? Do I value excellence? Do I value innovation? Do I value quality? These would be all things that would be around the values that you can have for a company. But what about you? And have you prioritized them? 
And so some individuals too say, well, listen, my family is important to me, but then you work 80 or 90 or 100 hours a week. Well, those, those two really can't coexist because if a family is valuable or relationships are valuable, then that means you have to spend time with them. So again, not here to tell you what your value should be, but if it is important to you, are you living it? And if not, can you adjust it? So go back to the podcast where I talk for a full 30 minutes about values. From there, we talk in number six is really around, do you have a plan for your life? Uh, it is amazing how many individuals really live day to day. They have no idea as far as what their priorities are. They have no idea what the um, what they want to do next. They just kind of wake up, and that is that's just their day. That's just their week. And so, if you want to go somewhere, if you want to get somewhere, most of you will spend more time planning your next vacation, your next holiday time away, uh, a special trip, than you will your life. That's the reality. So that's unfortunate. So I just want to encourage, do you have a plan for your life? Do you have a, a sense of the direction? What do you need to do to kind of get there? And if you don't have a plan, then when are you going to get to it? So then if I don't have a purpose, if I don't have a plan, then your purpose is to get a purpose and your plan is to get a plan. Simple as that. From the plan, we talk about educational goal setting. So here's what we mean by that. If I have a certain direction as an individual, if I'm going to be a transforming leader, then who do I need to become to be that leader? And then what are the skills? What are the training? What is the education that I need to go to the next level? Yeah, I, I remember when I was uh, traveling a lot, we were very, very blessed and fortunate where we had the sole source contract to do all soft skills training for Chrysler. And so that was nearly a decade. But then after 9-11, unfortunately, that, con that uh, contract was discontinued, understandably, based on what occurred there. So what was my plan after that? And what I noticed was is that I've been so busy delivering training, you know, 200 days a year for nearly a decade that I hadn't spent enough time on myself. And so it was after that that I went to get my doctorate degree. That was after that that I went and did some uh, faith-based studies. It was after that that I attended and spent thousands of dollars on my own development in coaching, in um, training, in leadership development. And so I, I opened this show and said, you know, our ability to serve is equal to or less than our own development. And so if you're not dedicated to your development, if you remember the love of learning is one of the core belief systems that cause you to be a successful leader. So what are the things that you need to learn and do you have that planned out? Number eight is really it's career goal setting, but it's really more about what's that path. So you have a life plan in all the different components of it, you have some education as far as what are the skills, abilities, development, insights that you need to gather or to improve or to grow. But from there, what does that mean for your calling, your assignment, your career? You know, if you had the perfect trajectory, and I know that that doesn't happen, but if I'm, I was said, this is what I'd like to do, what does that look like? So this really is a mini plan within your life plan. 
it brings clarity around that worksite. And maybe worksite is also including you know, volunteer work. From there, we look at uh, item number or skill number nine when we talk about priority management. Now, we have it down here as time management, and the reality is, is that uh, technically that is not a correct term because nobody manages time. We only manage the priorities and events that go in the time that we've been given. So when we think about planning, when we think about uh, structure, you know, and Marshall has it in his book, you know, triggers, is nothing really happens without structure. Change doesn't happen. So how do you then plan this out? How do you manage that? You know, I've become very, very disciplined at this stage of my life as far as scheduling things, bringing a routine, bringing a, a format or a flow that works for me. Uh, we're joking about this at home here the other day is that because I actually work from home a lot of the times as an author in writing, in, in writing quietly in my space with no interruptions, and in fact I do these podcasts from home and interview people from home and doing this right at this very moment at my home office, is that you know, if I don't bring structure around my day, then I could get distracted very, very quickly. But the point being in our conversation at home was that I moved my workout times to 4 o'clock a couple of times, two, three times a week, and I have specific days that I'm going to do it. My wife says, what, what do you mean you're working out at 4 o'clock? You, the day doesn't even end till 5. And I said, well, who says the day doesn't end till 5? And the reason that I move the workout time to four is because as a family, we like to have dinner just around the six o'clock mark. If I'm going to work out for an hour to 75 minutes or so is kind of the time frame there. And, and then I'm going to have a shower and kind of debrief. If I start at four and then I finish by 5.30, then I am ready for dinner at quarter to six. And then I can help out and prep and do whatever else that I need to kind of contribute for the family. So I moved it to 4 o'clock so that it worked to the lifestyle goals is that if I started at 5, then I'm not going to come in until 6.15, 6.30, and then I'm disrupting the family and we're having dinner at 6.30 and 7. And because I own my own company, I can do it. And if I was on email at 7.30 in the morning already, then why wouldn't I be able to do it? So when we think about you know, this idea of priority management or time management or setting up a system or structure, then what works for you? What is it that you can bring into play? Because if you don't do it, it's not going to happen. I was just mentioning Brenda, and she does academic coaching for students. And it's interesting how students think that their study and their papers are going to happen by accident. It's, they have to block it out. So uh, they need to say, okay, here's the time that I have to be in classes, so that's set. Here's this other time where I'm going to study. Here's this other time where I'm going to write papers. Here's this other free time that I can do whatever I want. And so it doesn't matter who we are. It's that we want to bring some of that structure to bear. Item number 10 is health and stress management. You know, we're talking about self-mastery, and we've done several shows on wellness. We'll continue to do more of those with additional experts. You know, go back to the show with Jonathan Baylor. Go back to the show that I did on dying to live, is that if I'm not well, if I'm not taking care of my wellness component in my life, it's just really not going to go well as a leader because then I might be 
uh, more irritable. I might be making decisions uh, that really are not clear because I didn't get the sleep or I don't feel 100% or my energy's not there. And so I just behoove you that you would take responsibility for your space. The reality is most people are not well. That is just not uh, unfortunately, in North America, most people are um, ill or illness or sick or overweight or diabetes, whatever the case might be. So the point being is that can you take and optimize your wellness? And by optimizing your wellness, who you bring to the table, which is you, is going to be more, you're going to have more energy, more insight, more clarity, uh, just going to bring more. I was uh, did a podcast on why don't you teach the way that I learn, and just a point on this. There was a pilot study in Canada at a school where they had some um, individuals, some students who were really struggling to get the marks, and so this was sort of the behaviorally challenged students. Uh, and they say, you know what, these individuals are not very active. So what they did is they actually opened up a little uh, a side room to this room. I, I don't know how many students were in it, 10 or 20, whatever it was. And they actually opened up a small gym beside the classroom. And so these students would go on and they would get onto a treadmill and walk or run or whatever it was for 20-minute segments. And to be active, get their uh, immune system going, get their cognitive functioning increasing, because if I'm not well, then my cognitive abilities decrease. The point being is at the end of this pilot that these students were able to increase their GPA by 1.0. So if they were a C minus student, they moved to C. If a C was C plus, if it was C plus, it went to B. So isn't it amazing what a little bit of activity uh, would do to be able to improve the cognitive function? So if you're a leader that's working 14 hours a day, no sleep, no, no fitness, go, 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 you know what? Your effectiveness is being eroded. You need to kind of take care of that. And then finally, item number 12 is really around your, we talk about positive mental attitude but this really is the difference between being an optimistic or pessimistic leader as well as yourself as far as your own self-talk. You know, how do you build up your own self-worth? You know, one of my mentors and now colleagues, Dr. Alan Weiss, has written over 60 books. You know, and I talked, talked earlier at another show where he was mentioned, he said, well, he started to do the investigation of what, what was hindering, hindering entrepreneurs from being successful? And so he thought, well, maybe it wasn't enough capital. Maybe it wasn't enough systems. Uh, maybe they didn't have enough knowledge about business. But when he distilled it all and went through all of this, and now he's been you know, in this space for over 40 years, he, he really discovered that it was there is a lack of self-worth. It was a lack of one's own belief in self. And not from, again, from a self-centered point of view, but... You know, do we believe that we can do it? Not from a hubris. Hubris is arrogance when I feel that I am better than you. But from a confident window. So I have the confidence to be able to fulfill it. I don't discount it. I'm able to 
do what I'm called to do. And if I can't do it, then I have the confidence to go get the training. We talked about the educational goals, the training that I need to be able to be successful or to ask somebody else around me who has that skill set. You don't need to know it all. In fact, if you're the leader and you know everything and nobody else needs to, then we don't need the rest of the team. We just have you. And so when we think about transforming leadership, section number one is around self-mastery. And it's around the 12 skills that I just shared with you. And if you want to use you know, our leadership skills inventory self to kind of benchmark or the 360, then please you know, go on to crgleader.com and learn more about it. So self-management, here just quickly, here's your review. I'm grounded, I'm centered. I know what I believe. I know why I'm here, which is your purpose. You know what you stand for and your values. You have a clear sort of life plan about all the components of your life. And if you want to learn more about that, go to the quest for purpose. Your values, you can do the values preference indicator. Uh, when we think about educational goals, then what are the, what's the learning points that I need to continue to kind of include in my life? When we talk about career goal setting, then what's the pathway for work? We talk about how do I manage and structure this from a time or a priority, prioritize, prioritization point of view. Then we talk from a wellness strategy, you know, stress management, health and wellness management. Uh, do you have that, those health practices and all the nutritional, all those things that are kind of combined. And then we, so stress management and health practices, I have those as separate items. So that's 10 and 11. And then number 12 is really around what is your attitude? Are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? And then if you want to learn more about that, go to my book, The Quest for Purpose, under on uh, the mindset of a winner, a on-purpose mindset, and we really talk in detail about how we speak and how our language affects our, us and what does that mean as far as uh, our success in life. And what Dr. Martin Sigelman proved in his book, Learned Optimism, is that our language has impact on our success. And in fact, he proved that it's predictive of our success. So you as a leader, where, where do you rate, rate? How do you rank yourself? And if you think about working with some other individuals, here's a framework for you to be able to kind of work with them. You know, I thank you for listening today. And so what we're going to do as we continue through the next uh, sections are, so the, today was around self-mastery and you, like ourselves, the space that we own. Next show, we were going to talk about interpersonal skills and how we interact and the skills necessary, communication skills primarily, to interact and communicate with somebody else. Uh, the section number three, which is really about me holding somebody else accountable. Number four is really around team and consulting skills. And then number five is really what we call versatility and organizational development skills, this global picture. So we'll cover each of those in each one of the shows. You know, as we say each show, you know, thank you for listening. We appreciate that. If you like this, share it. Uh, let us know as far as other shows that we potentially could do or other individuals that we might be able to uh, interview. Again, if you're interested in leadership skills, uh, inventory-self, then you can go online, take that for yourself at a very reasonable rate. I thank you for listening. I appreciate just um, the feedback that I've been getting, and it's just an honor to be able to serve you in this way. You've been listening to Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keith. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. 
If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com, scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.